Hey, all you creatures from cyberspace. Welcome to the first and most likely only John Dies Firsty Awards. Gentlemen. First, firsty Awards? That's right. That's oh. what we're going with. The oh, first wow. Firsty. <laughs> uh, gentlemen, thank you so much for dressing to impress in this absolute best that you could find on your floor of the closet, clothes hampered, quite possibly from the caskets of the deceased. That's where I get all my clothes from. John, who are you wearing today? Um, believe it. it's a very fancy shop. You might not have heard of it. It's called Goodwill. Oh, yes, that's yes. really hot right or now. Or maybe it's Judewill. I don't know how they pronounce <laughs> Jude- it. <laughs> Judois. Oh, it's very. That French. could be it. What about you, Garrett? It's called Nudois. Ooh, um, Nudois. Basically, I am butt ass naked. <laughs> no wonder. It I've looks been... like I have clothes on, but that's hair, baby. <laughs> I will continue to avert my eyes. Yeah. I brought you both straws so you can drink it in. Oh, so. God. <laughs> Well, I am wearing a Genera hypercolor t-shirt along with my Bugle Boy jeans. My Z Cabarichis and Jabos are still in the wash. Jabos. That's right. Uh, so we are here today. How come hypercolor never did like shorts? Ooh, because I would have loved that if like everyone's crotch is just growing, <laughs> just like this glowing. Every time you farted, your pants would change color. That's why. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we're here today. We're doing the John Dies Firsty Awards. We're basically celebrating our segment where you, the listeners, have been writing in occasionally, semi-irregularly, whenever we decided we felt like it, yeah. doing a segment called John Dies First. Now, Garrett, what was John Dies First? For anybody that decided to tune into this episode out of all our episodes to figure out what the grave talks about. Well, let me start off by saying if this is your first episode, stop right now, go back and listen to another episode, get the full <laughs> flavor, then come back for our, like, RC projects. That's I right. Know, I don't know what the hell to say. Um, anyway, John Dies First is basically a segment that we did because John has said, stated many times that in a horror movie, he would likely be the first person to die. No ifs, ands, or buts. He's out of there right away. So, as a kind of a joke, me and you used to... Um, kind of make up little ways that he would die in the movies we were talking about. And then we eventually opened it up to the audience. You wrote in with some really awesome little deaths of how John would die in these certain films. And then it kind of like ballooned up into this like, you know, multi-user, long, drawn out, elaborate thing where you guys came up with like 20 page backstories. Um, we tightened that back up. We're back to a little short, like John dying first. And uh, that's what it is. And we had some pretty interesting entries so far. Some that I'm a big fan of and some that I think y'all need to step your game up. So we're making an event. Uh, we will probably put this one on ice for a little bit, uh, but who knows? We might pull it out of the trunk of tricks later again. But trunk uh, of The tricks. trunk of tricks. Trunk of tricks. So today we're doing John's favorite film. Or is it still your favorite film? Yeah. Is this your favorite film? It's, it's my favorite recent, I would say, of the last 10 years, probably. Yeah. What are, it's Trick or Treat from 2007. Right. Shit, that's not even... That was more than 10 years ago. Yeah, Holy can you believe shit, it? time flies. All right, last 15 years. Gonna have to keep growing that window that's as right. I get older. I watched Shakespeare in Love. You guys lied to me. <laughs> well, okay. It's gonna be a really weird episode for Garrett, but yeah. uh, anybody listening now, we're talking about 2007's Trick or Treat. This was directed by Michael Doherty, produced by Brian Singer, and written by Michael Doherty also, starring Dylan Baker, Rochelle Eights, Anna Paquin, and Brian Cox. John, why don't you tell us a little bit about the film before we get to our entries today? <sighs> what to say about Trick or Treat? It's an anthology film uh, following four stories, five stories, a number of stories. I think it's four, I yeah. think it's four. Inter- interwoven anthology. Yes, uh, that are all interwoven on the same Halloween night in some small town. Um, and there's like a consistent character uh, named Sam who's uh, wearing a pretty cool 
Halloween costume. Turns out he's a demon, I guess. They don't really define what he is, but he's pretty badass. And again, and, John has spoiled the surprise for you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. By the way, if you haven't seen a 12-year-old movie and are listening to a podcast about it. Um, Every fucking time, man. You just, you inadvertently do it. I love it. Yeah. So that's pretty much Trick or Treat. I don't know what to say. I don't want to spoil all of the interconnecting things or whatever because Garrett will jump down my throat. So I, one spoiler well, no, per you've, podcast. You've already spoiled the big part of it. We might as well just go balls deep in this. That so. Sam's a demon. I think you, I mean, you. Is he a demon or an alien? I think he was a demon also, but he has that weird kind of alien-esque head. It doesn't, look, if knowing that ruins this movie for you, this probably wasn't the movie for you anyway, because it's such a minor part of the film. It is a very minor part, but it is kind of a cool reveal. Yeah. Um, It looks like a small child with a giant pumpkin head, and not like Pumpkinhead the movie that we'll talk about eventually, but like... He's got like a burlap bag over it. Yeah, he's got like a burlap sack over a giant like pumpkin head, and... um, yeah, it's a tremendous film. The atmosphere is really great. It hits all your, you know, uh, werewolves and murders. Oh, the werewolf stuff was so good. It was like the best bit. I love werewolves. Sure. You guys know that. But. Zombie kids, Zom- all yeah. kinds of stuff in this. Oh, that messed me up. Are we going to talk about the movie itself also? Or we just no, do it Just John? a brief to kind of okay. give it a... Just a uh, brief summary. Think of like your, was it, creep shows or just general tales from the crib. We did that kind Santa of, episode, the, the Christmas one that yes. had the... Uh, interwoven yeah. Christmas anthology. horror story. Christmas horror story. Very similar to uh, Trick or Treat. But, but this, this came out first, yeah. yeah. Yeah, this one's centered around Halloween night, and yep. it's uh, several different characters in the same town kind of have some traumatic events happen to them. Yeah. yeah. Um, all that seem to be related to this sack boy creature named Sam. Yeah, and now, if I'm not mistaken, I guess we're just going to like quickly get into this sure. movie here. If I'm not mistaken... Um, because I actually didn't go back and rewatch this because I didn't have time, but like I've seen it recently. Yeah. But um, my understanding is they do these things, or at least one of the segments talks about like why they do these things on Halloween specifically to appease like Sam. Is it Sam or is it just like the spirits of Halloween? I think that does tie into one of the four stories. I don't think it's Sam particularly, yeah. but there is an overarching story of some horrific things that occurred in this town okay. that most of the adults are privy to. Right. And they, they slowly begin to unfold themselves as we watch the film. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's really well done. It's really well acted. Um, I can't, Brian Cox is, who's one of my favorite character actors in, you know, horror films. Um, he has a fantastic part where he's fighting with Sam in his house yeah, uh, a great job with there. a shotgun and man, it's great. You guys should check it out. I think we've all seen it now. Uh, I, I finally watched it last month. Good. Um, so recommend go check that yeah, it's out. It's really like, it's not as popular as it should be. I think it's slowly gaining a cult following over the years. It's but definitely it's, gaining. I've, I've heard about it more and more yeah. recently than I have in the past, but like, it, it's good. Yeah, it, it's, it's crazy like, how like slept on this movie is. So go watch it. Then you could be a horror hipster. When your why do you think that was? Do you think that was just during a time when horror wasn't like super popular? So it kind of everything kind of went under the radar. Or do you think that was just because if that came out today, it definitely would have done a lot better. Yeah. If it were released timing now. didn't help. It's an anthology film, which I think is like a strike against it. And, um, I think it was pretty limited release. I don't think it was like a huge, you know, thousand screen release. Gotcha. So it had a couple of things working against it, but I'm glad people are finally finding it. Visually, it is a solid movie. Like, like the the cinematography in it is really good too. Yeah. Like the creepy scenes, like they could just they could be stills and it would stand on its own. Um, but yeah, like sure. you said, the acting is just it's yeah. next level for an anthology. I thought I was like, I was like, oh, here we go. This is gonna be some really like sci-fi channel level stuff. <laughs> no, everyone like gave it their all. Yeah, even like the movie. weak scenes are great. Like the weak yeah. story, you know, whatever one you might think that is, is still good. Which one it's did you like, think the weak story was? 
Um, oh, that's a tough. That's, give me, give me your best and weakest. Best was the werewolves, hands down. I think the weakest was the zombie kid one. Really? Right? That's the one where they buried it in the backyard or whatever. Yeah. And they thought it was a pet, but it wasn't. Yeah, I didn't. I thought that might have been it. I don't really think any of them were weak. Like, yeah, I these loved, are all great stories. Yeah, they're all great. But I like, love the principal aspect where he was like a killer. You know, the principal oh, of the school. Yeah. Um, no, that was the weakest one, actually. I had, like block where he fed him the poisoned I just, candy. I just thought it was so yeah. funny, though. Like it was it was very amusing. Yeah. But I feel like that for me, that was the weakest one. I'm going to say as much as I love werewolves, I thought the like the zombie kid one was the creepiest. Oh, OK. Just because like just the idea of it was like, whoa, OK. Can I ask a, a, a side question of this? You and can. I'm not Go I'm ahead, not Mark. one to judge people's looks because I am what if trolls gentrified your neighborhood. I'm one of those <laughs> trolls. I am not what you would call a handsome man. Uh, but I, I I'm really perplexed by Anna Paquin. She's always playing these sexy roles like femme fatale, you know, like true blood. She was the desire of two, you know, hulking masculine men. They were fighting over her. And I'm like, there's so many better looking women in true blood. Why Anna Pack? I like how Mark really like just kind of emphasized we're, the masculine men. Yeah. We're well, gonna, one of them played Tarzan and he's known as sexy vampire. I see, I've never seen true blood. <laughs> what, what, who, are the, who are the actors in that? Um... <sighs> They're like from and Anna Paquin was sweet. rogue from right exactly. Oh. oh, that's right. She yeah. I don't know. I mean, she's not an unattractive woman by any means. I'm not saying she's ugly by any means, but I don't find her like this. This she always plays these seductress type roles are very. Blood, it was more like Girl Next Door. I think I think True she was, Blood is what did it. I think yeah. that kind of like basically one was like, ooh, she's hot right now. And I also think she was like part fairy there or something. So there was some kind of like. Mental yeah. thing. It, it got I didn't, so I didn't fucking think weird. Reese Witherspoon was that attractive, but she like got like tons of roles where yeah. she was supposed to be like, like, ooh, look at that. And I was like, I, don't know. Eh. I think she's attractive enough that it didn't even cross my mind to think that it was weird. Yeah. So, so that dude is one of the dudes who was like after he was in the Pee Wee's. Oh, Joe Magni- Magliello. Yeah. He's one of the ones chasing after Anna Paquin, the guy who just played Tarzan and the Tarzan the movies side, chasing Anna Paquin. It's like Joe Magniello was in True Blood. Yeah, oh, that is a handsome man. He's a werewolf. Think about that movie. The, oh, okay, that that's pretty awesome. Think about the hundreds of thousands of movies that involve a perfect 10 woman and then a guy who's like well you know speak for yourself asshole again she's by no means ugly but they keep putting her in these roles that should be like the you know most attractive lady yeah. on the planet you know sought after a woman um, John, you were looking at male peak performance right there. Fair now. enough. You know, all right, we're going to Photoshop a picture of my face <laughs> on Joe Magliello's body, Boom. and we're going to put that shit on the Instagram. <laughs> and I want to say also that you should not watch True Blood. That show is trash. Yeah, um, it had especially so much when you promise, find out, but uh, you the first season was all right. Yeah, and then you find out Anna Paquin's half fairy. Yeah, and you're like. Fucking what? It goes off the <laughs> rails, man. What a every show, show that people recommended to me at that time lost True Blood. I like got through like half an episode of each of those, yeah. and I was just like, I'm out. I'm done with TV. Uh, Lost yeah. gets a bad rap. This isn't the Lost podcast, but Lost was fine. Yeah. Anyway, I took us down a tangent there for a minute, but yeah. uh, she's in this, and she plays one of the what werewolf? Yeah, she's one uh, of the werewolves. Women. Anyway. Uh, Michael Where Doherty, women? the director of this, he's gone on to do. Um, He's in a lot of stuff. He's directing the new Con- uh, Godzilla movie that's coming out soon. Yeah. Godzilla King of Monsters. And I thought you were about to say Conjuring. I thought he was too. And I was like, yeah. is he? I don't think so. No, Godzilla King of Monsters. And he did announce he's going to do a trick or treat too at some point. 
That's cool. So we'll see whether or not an anthology come around. I'm so like ambivalent about sequels. I hope it works, but it's also like, I don't know, maybe they just, you know, caught lightning in a bottle and uh, Trick or Treat 2 isn't going to work because now there's like expectations, right? With Trick or Treat, they were just doing what they thought was cool. Now it's like... Mm. I think there's enough short horror, especially in the horror renaissance that's going on right now that they can find enough short stories that can that can really yeah. relate well into that. I think we should start like getting... Um, starting the campaign to get uh, Tom Lennon and Skeeta Jones in Trick or Treat 2. Oh, yeah. Those, I love Skeeta so. Jones. I think he'd be great in a lot <laughs> more go. things like that. <laughs> Listeners, if you're out there, start like adding. Wait, adding? Is that what they do on Twitter? Adding? Liking, retweeting, Whatever posting, you got to do to contact someone on Twitter. DM. Uh, Michael Doherty, slide into that dude's DMs and let him know you want to see Skeeta Jenkins and Tom Lennon in Trick or Treat 2. The only way Trick or Treat 2 would be bad, in my opinion, is if they somehow latch it onto the storyline of part one. It yeah, needs it to be, be its standalone. own include, you know, its own inclusive set of That'd stories. Cool. Even if it's like in a whole new town, like completely yeah, different. Like Sam moves. Or Sam something goes like that. to another town and he's yeah. doing his thing over there. All right, with that, let's get into our entries today for the John Dice Firsty Awards. Let's get into this. I want to thank the Texas State University San Marcos Honors College Creative Writers. They submitted several today. Um, so we've got some people that are going to be able to put this on their resume and it's really going to propel them into the amazing yeah. cash reward of being on this podcast. Truth. You know? Well, I you mean, know what they say, creative writing, lucrative profession. You'd be so. like, I was going to go with this guy over here from, you know, uh, Baylor, but I see that you were on a podcast in Austin, uh, featured your content, uh, you're hired yeah. six figures. It's Let's true. get going. Yeah. No thanks required. It's our pleasure. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> no, thanks, no thanks to Werner Herzog, who did not submit a John Dice first, even though I wanted him to. He said he was, and then he fucking fell on you that, You know, he man. told me that. We, we we hang out occasionally, and he just, he's all talk, man. God damn, you owe us for <laughs> All hat, no cattle. All right, so we've got... I'm sorry, what did you just say? <laughs> all hat and no cattle? Yeah, I've never heard that before. Wow. Yeah, that's a, that's a saying. Look it up. <laughs> Google that shit. All right, so we've got 10 entries today we'll be reading through with a few different categories that will earn a wink and a nod. Um, Ultimately, John's uh, choice will take the whole kit and caboodle. The categories today is going to be the most accurate portrayal of John, the most creative kill, which one could be the better Mark dies first, Mm -hmm. which one could act as a better Garrett dies first, Garrett's pick for the winner, my pick for the winner, and then, like I said, John's ultimate choice for the winner of the crown of John Dice Firsties. That's it. Okay. And I have not read or seen any of these, so this is all happening in real time. Real time, that's right. Uh, no, we're not going to skew towards anybody that he might know, may not know. You are not going to hear the names until the end. That's right. Okay. So with that, let's get into it. Garrett, lead us off. All right, entry number one. This wasn't your typical school bus. Yeah, fucking right. Why is that out of 15 students in this godforsaken bus, no one told me to dress up? Me. I'm John fucking Dyer's first. Everyone just told me to bring a big-ass pumpkin. Do you know how hard it is to fit a 23-pound pumpkin in your Jansport backpack? Pretty fucking hard if you're not John Dyer's first. It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't matter, though. Everyone's costume in here is lame. Jamie with her long-ass neck putting a mask on top of her head trying to look like an adult devil. You're not the devil. You look like a red giraffe with horns. Is Robbie fucking serious with that paper bag and a patch of hair on his head? Who's he trying to scare? The only thing scary about that costume is where he got all his hair and no parents. The bus driver takes several glances from the mirror in my direction. 
prick. The nerve of the bus driver to stare at us like we're some fucking museum display. Hey, buddy, eyes forward. My parents paid for your salary. Show some respect. The bus driver takes a hard right turn in the opposite direction of my house. Man, fuck you, Mark. This wouldn't be happening if you didn't let me come over today. Being changed to the sea is a real fucking pain in the ass. Even more so when the great value Brian Cranston slams through a fucking fence. Jason, the little bitch he is, keeps muttering to himself, Wrong way, Jason says. Yeah, no shit. Brian Cranston slams on his brakes and we come to a complete stop. Finally. Maybe now I can get out of here and find my way home. He stands up, holding a box of the shittiest candies in his hand. He goes to each seat, checking our bike rack seatbelts. At least he's passing out the candy, shitty or not. He finally stops at me. He checks my buckle. Naturally, it's firm. I can hear Jason having a fucking panic attack. What a nerd that guy is. Great value Brian Cranston reaches out with a lollipop. It's sour apple. Fuck off. I look away, my hands stuffed into my pockets. He keeps his hands stretched out. Leave me alone. He pulls my hair back and shoves the lollipop down my throat, lodging it in my trachea. I can't breathe, but I can feel the drip of the sour apple lollipop plaguing my lungs. What a shitty way to die. I manage to trip him as he walks away. Take that, bitch. So were you on a bus headed for prison? With all the other, I, I, with yeah. Brian Cranston as the like guard, I, I suppose so. I think he was on the bus with the kids that got driven over the edge of the uh, the cliff. Remember? Oh, do you think he meant Brian Cox? I think he meant Brian Cox. Uh, I yeah. like the inclusion of Breaking Bad. Well, he said, Brian he said, Cranston, he said value. Um, oh yeah, maybe he was wearing a Brian Cranston mask. What was oh. it? Uh, great value. That's like the the Walmart generic yeah. brand, I think. So I think he was saying like Brian Cox is the knockoff Brian Cranston. Oh, oh. So, all right, <clears throat> Bobo Brian Cranston, if you sure, will. Sure, sure. So was, you died on the bus. Yeah, buy a lollipop. What a way lollipop. to go. Sour apple. I love sour apple. Yeah, flavor, I would have accepted that. <laughs> and it um, sounds like your last name is dies first. Yeah, it is. It's a, John dies first. What a great. <laughs> well, you know. Mr. and Mrs. Dies first. They're going to be really heartbroken when they find out. How does it feel to be at the other end of a head cannon? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's something. All right. Entry number two. He also centered his whole thing. so. Or if you will, entry number dose. <laughs> sure. <laughs> entry number dose. <laughs> Maze, you call it corn. <laughs> <laughs> okay. John snuck out of his grandparents' house. They never let him trick or treat. He opened the window and sprinted to the street. He had been making a goblin outfit slowly over the past couple months, hiding the pieces in his closet. He proceeded to put it on over his black stealth clothes. I'm going to get the biggest candy bars, he proclaimed to himself. He confidently walked down the unlit street. All the neighbors are boring. They never decorate. They don't give out candy. He had to go to the rich neighborhood nearby. I think he'd want to do that anyway. Definitely. Especially if it's nearby. That's just a ho- Halloween pro tip if... Uh, <laughs> You know, you need one. Go to the rich people. Yeah, they the got Halloween all the Halloween hot shit. takes. Yeah. <laughs> if you if you trick or treat at the poor place, you're getting nothing but Tootsie Pops and our hated. Oh yeah, we don't even remember what they're called. Halloween but you, taffy, garbage, yeah. peanut butter, whatever. Yeah, you're getting fucking dentist candy here. Mints <laughs> like sugar free. <laughs> he had to go to the rich neighborhood nearby, the one with the gate. He'd never been there before, but the gate is always open all Halloween night, so he hiked his way there. His friends from school had agreed to meet up with him there, but he didn't see them. Where were they? He shrugged and walked through. He'd never seen so many cool decorations and costumes in his entire life. Why had his grandmother always hated Halloween so much? He put his goblin mask on and sprinted up to the house first. He knocked on the door, shaking with excitement. He held out his backpack and prepared to shout, Trick or treat! at the top of his lungs. He'd made it. What did his grandma know anyway? He looked at the door. It hadn't opened. 
He knocked again. The door finally swung open and he jovially shouted, Trick or treat! But no one was at the door. He backed away. As he stumbled back down the path, he felt his phone buzz. It was his best friend, Michael. You think it's Michael uh, from Halloween? The only Michael I would know, <laughs> <Right>. so... <laughs> where are you, Michael asked. Well, he spoke, so it can't be. Uh, where are you, Michael Maybe asked. Maybe this is pre-traumatic event where he oh, stopped speaking. Maybe so. Where are you, Michael asked. John looked around him. The lights and decorations were blurry in his vision. He spun around rapidly, and his vision only got more warped. John, I'm at the gate. Where are you? The gate? The gate was nearby. He turned and looked to where it should be, but he saw a goblin, not unlike the costume facing him. Towering over him, he was trembling. It's not real. It's not real, he shouted. The hell are you talking about, Michael called from his pocket. What's not real? Everything. Nothing is real. He couldn't see anymore. Another voice chimed in on his phone. It was Lucy. John, seriously, are you okay? He was laying down now. Michael and Lucy went to the first house and saw on the doorstep nothing but a little goblin mask. They knocked on the door. So I guess this house was a trap. Yeah. Set by some Can, sort of reality warping yeah. something or other. I can tell you the most realistic part of that story is that I, I was a blurry vision and my best idea was to spin around rapidly, see if that would help <laughs> in some way. I, I, think you were, something I, you do? I think you were spinning around like to like look around you. Uh, I thought it was that. Like he well, spun around to look behind, you know, like that but, kind of thing. And then yeah, like he got blurry the vision. The story says, you know, but his vision was still blurry or whatever. That's so, true. That's yeah, true. I think it was just, uh, I am an idiot. So Also, you know what? Early front runner for most realistic. I want to go on <laughs> record here. The poor communities a lot of times had the best candy because those people value trick-or-treating. They do. Like in Different my, my old community in your neighborhood. My then. old neighborhood, man, we had the best candy and we were like a bunch of like poor lashkey kids you know, you know like we we had nothing man mm. but dude we always had like the best candy i'm just saying i did not have that I'm experience saying, don't get classist on us don't get candy classist on us <laughs> <laughs> all right well i'm gonna blacklist you though if you give me that fucking peanut butter taffy that's all Ugh. i'm saying no <laughs> that looks like the peanut no oh no oh yeah we talked oh. about that gross i was hoping you had a cheddar goblin outfit on you're in my shirt! That would be a cool costume. And then you'd have to puke mac and cheese all day. Sign me up. <laughs> all right, Garrett. Let's go to number three. All right. Let's get into it. The autumn leaves glide towards the ground as the bus speeds down the lonely neighborhood street. The driver, heavy with the weight of the decision ahead of him, pulls up to the first stop of the day. John, a particularly troubled child, waits outside the door. The driver stares at him. John stares back. Are you going to get on, kid? John's dead eyes bore themselves into the driver's skull. Come on, kid. I don't have all day. John allows his head to drift to the left, his cheek resting on his shoulder, his eyes maintaining their dead focus on the driver. You're single because you can't make a decision to save your life, John says to the driver with an oracle-like air about him. Susan needs a man that can make a decision. The driver sits, knocked in his seat. He glances at the picture of Susan, who left him only a few nights before. He remembers the last time he ever saw her. He couldn't come to a decision on where to have dinner. They stopped at a red light, and she just got out and walked off screaming. See? See? This is how you make a decision, you stupid, ugly fuckwad. The driver gets up out of his seat and advances on John. You're a baby in a man's body, you pathetic little fuckwit. I bet your dick doesn't even work. I bet you can't even decide if you want it. The driver picks up the child by his collar and pulls him close to his face. That's no way for a child to speak to an adult. 
The driver throws John down in front of the bus and slams on the gas, running over the child before he throws it back in reverse and repeats the process until there's not much more than a grease spot left on the road. He looks back at the picture of Susan. I'll show you I can make a decision, bitch. The driver pulls the box of poison candies given to him by the parents of the troubled children he drives every day. I'll show you. So you're Whoa. like some little devil omen kid in that yeah. one. Yeah. Huh? You're the catalyst for why that dude poisoned the kids. Oh, okay. I'm, a, I'm the prequel. Yeah. All right. I like that one. Yeah. So okay. uh, we're just going to have to assume here that John is going to be different ages throughout these, depending on how you've been written. That's the right? magic yes. of the movie, baby. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Next entry up, number four. There's not much good that goes on in Ohio. That's not a hateful statement. It's just an observation. Its capital is named after Christopher Columbus, for God's sakes. The bar is designed to be pretty low. That being said, who could be prepared for the horrors that perspired on this cold Halloween in Warren Valley, Ohio? It was early that Halloween morning, crisp, brisk, and chilly. A fog still lingered over the cozy town as John went for his morning jog, dressed head to toe in his bright orange jogging suit. It made him feel festive, and the orange gleamed even in the fog. He could be seen for miles around, or so he thought. He was not a mile from his house when the school bus came barreling from around the corner and slammed into John, throwing him several feet into the air and down the road, his spine cracking with the impact of the short yellow bus. He was still alive when his body hit the asphalt of the road, still alive as he skid across the uneven surface and the flesh was pulled from his face, and the bright orange jogging suit toured and tattered. No, John did not die until the bus, without any break-in speed, barreled over his body, shattering his skull and smearing his brains across the quiet, suburban street. The bus driver did not even notice, or perhaps he didn't care. He was more preoccupied with picking up his charges, his victims. He would take them to school this morning, but soon enough, he would be taking them to the edge of town to the local quarry, where their parents would be rid of them at last. You know, normal Ohio stuff. <laughs> That was that was an interesting tale. He rode a country. That man's name was <laughs> Buffalo Jones. His name was Buffalo Jones. I don't know where Mark got that accent from, unless it was directed from, from in the Buffalo story. Rider, I guarantee. <laughs> and I pre-read that when I read it like some old codger who sat on his porch and just watched the events of Ohio. It was pretty good. Okay. It was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I mean it worked for that story, I'll tell you what. Okay. Whew. I you know, I like that this story thinks I could jog for a full mile. <laughs> Thank you, un, uh, unknown writer. For, it's a very uh, positive It's like you guys John. say, sometimes you've got to suspend disbelief in these movies. You guys. <laughs> That's right. All right. On Do a up. fucking setup, John. Ugh, I'd rather not. Just we'll, put a, we'll put a burger whopper on your, your belly. That'll give you the carrot <laughs> on the stick. All right, Garrett, what do we got for number five? Believe it or not, we have another John Dies First entry. Oh, exciting. John, Mr. Wilkins, my dipshit of a high school principal, asks me, what is not only a tradition, but the most important tradition of Halloween? Can you tell me that, young man? Young man, he says, like he actually believes I'm a worthy human being. Also, why the fuck am I in this dude's office talking about Halloween traditions? What am I, fucking 12? I'm about to be a sophomore in high school for crying out loud. I already told you, man, the traditions aren't for me. This dipshit's face got as pink as a whoopee cushion, and like a whoopee cushion, it was ready to explode with a bunch of metaphorical shit. And then he simmered back down, suspiciously. I understand, John. I really do. But perhaps you should start considering it, if you want to fit in. 
He stopped talking for a few seconds, thankfully, and then continued his dumbass lecture, standing up in front of his desk to walk around it in the process. He's circling around me, trying to intimidate me. I know it. By the way, what kind of principal peer pressures a kid to fit in? Warren Valley loves its traditions. You know that, John, right? I didn't. Sure, I say anyway. His ugly ass kid walks in with a brown paper sack and sets it on his desk. He gives him a kiss on the forehead and the kid leaves immediately. Nothing to say. Shouldn't that baby devil be in school right now? You can leave my office now. Take a cookie if you'd like. He isn't really offering it. He's shuffling it forward with his fingers. I, of course, take the cookie and leave his office. See ya, chump. See ya, he says back, a bit unexpectedly. I look back, expecting an angry expression on his face, a lecture to come. But his grin is wide. What a fucking weirdo. I take a big bite of the cookie and... Dot, dot, dot. End of submission. Ooh. So you got poisoned by the cookie from yeah, the principal. That would definitely happen. If someone's offering me a cookie, I'm probably going to take it. Oh, yeah. We're getting in that van. Yeah. Like, uh, that's all it is to yeah, it. That's John's biggest deadly sin, glutton. Definitely. Now, <laughs> you decided who got to read what story, right, Mark? I randomly picked. Oh, well, because uh, I feel like he got all the angsty, angry ones. And you're like, here's my happy. <laughs> uh, so John is actually trips. I'm all like, fuck you, you cocksucker. Yeah. You're going to die, you piece of shit. I'd say based on all the entries Garrett's read so far, John, you moonlight as a 50s greaser yeah, with a potty mouth. Seriously thinking that. Like, <laughs> cram it geez. with walnuts, old man. Did they watch Grease and then this back to back? Like, <laughs> and then assumed that you were the filthy mouth one of the podcasts. Apparently. Seriously, I have read like nothing but like curse word, the podcast. <sighs> Entry number six. Here we go. The year was 1947. That would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> As the fire crackles in front of them and the last of the makeshift fodder turns into ash, Lori, Maria, Janet, John, and Danielle dance around an abnormally large bonfire. The women swaying their curvy hips, John bobbing side to side in penguin-like motion. (laughs) (laughs) This person has nailed John's dancing. Ouch. But yeah. (laughs) He does not have the moves. Uh, Does anyone bring marshmallows, Janet asked. All the girls laughed. They had secretly known that Janet was the fat friend, but Janet is oblivious to their true feelings. She rifles around in her bag for something to munch on. John, who is an outsider in the group of the girlfriends, laughs along to be cool, but feels a little out of place. Maria flips her hair and turns to Janet. Save some room for dinner, Jan. Janet pulls out a bag of turkey jerky from her bag and offers some to John. He smiles gratefully for the inclusion and takes out a strip. Definitely. (laughs) As he raises it to his mouth, he stops. The possibility of a fivesome with the girls runs through his head. Fivesome? (laughs) Shoot for the fucking moon, guys. (laughs) Thoughts of how it's been so long since his last hookup, how repulsed they might be upon smelling his jerky breath, how repulsed he'd be after Janet eating hers, he puts it away. And changes his mind. I love the fact that John would not have a fivesome if a girl had jerky yeah. breath. <laughs> He's like, nope, I'm out. Oh, I was so close, but what the fuck? No, thank you. He changes his mind. A foursome with all but Janet would be okay. Janet sets the bag down and turns to John, putting her arms around his waist. He smiles, but turns his head away, trying to escape the jerky breath. Laurie takes notice. <laughs> What's wrong, Johnny? She asks, turning off the music. Oh, uh, nothing, he says. You can turn the music back on. 
I think we're all interested in something else than music, Laurie says. The other girls nod. John Hart Spike. Fuck yeah, he thinks. I'm about to get some. Is that how you talk when you get all hot? <laughs> well, I'm about to get a five some. I'm about to get some. Or maybe a four some. Depends <laughs> on this turkey situation. Hey, for the record, would you kick out jerky breath out of bed? Um, this is a loaded question because I'm a married man. So jerky breath would be my wife. Um, well, no, 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 no. That clip right there needs to become a shirt. Jerky breath would be my wife. Dude, you are getting a divorce. This is fantastical. This is made All right, up. so if this I were in this situation yes. and almost had a five cell. Correct. Not in real life. Oh, okay. Um, no, I mean, you know, if, just going to go big here. Go big or go home. Yeah. Okay. Where the hell was I? I how do we recover from that? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fuck yeah, he thinks. I'm about to get some. The girls push John to the ground, and he eagerly begins to pull down his pants and boxers as the girls strip down, their boobs exposed in the moonlight. Everything shoots up as Lori crouches down in front of him, between his legs. She grabs him roughly, pulling him close to her mouth. Whoa, careful, okay, baby? John warns. Lori does not respond. The other girls grab onto John's arms and legs, anchoring him to the ground. Lori looks up to Janet eagerly. Care to do the honors, Lori says. Janet nods, crouching down between his legs. She opens her mouth, leaning down above him, and her once hairless face wraps around John's still erect penis, chomping down hard. John screams, but the other now wear women bite into his face and neck, causing him to fall over limply. Just as limply as some might say as his now flaccid member. Janet wipes her face and reaches into John's clenched hand, retrieving her jerky. She takes a bite. Really, Janet? Still fucking hungry? Maria rolls her eyes. The girls all walk away into the I forest. I needed some real meat, she replies. <laughs> I was expecting something like that, yeah. They teed that one up. Right. The girls all walk away into the forest as Janet stays behind, clutching her puffy stomach and biting into the what were John's legs as she howls to the moon. The howl of a chubby, loveless girl. Wow. There is so much to unpack in that story. (laughs) There is so much to unpack there. Now, it's been a while since I've seen Trick or Treat. I've only seen it once. Is there a chubby girl in the story, or was this added by the author? Fuck, I can't remember. Mm. I don't know. I don't think so. I think the outsider girl was one who just wasn't like that into doing it. She was just like... Yeah, wasn't it Anna Paquin? yeah, yeah. I don't think there's any chubby ones, but you know that was a good introduction. Hey, you know what though? If chubby werewolf women are your kink, then fucking yeah. go for wow. it. Oh, diversity! I'm not gonna I dig judge it. you at all. Can I tell you, I was most heartbroken at the story in that I did not get any marshmallows. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we'll have this fisome, but marshmallows yeah. first, please. Come yeah, on. let's priorities here. That person has a career writing like erotic fiction somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, dude. Expand this by like 10 pages, throw it up on Amazon, you'll make money. Yeah, straight up. I mean, I'd buy it. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm joking. (laughs) All right, number seven. Here we go. Fat little bitch, Wilkins says as he drops dirt on the hole. Seriously, y'all need to like just, you need a hug or something. You're so angry. (laughs) Okay. Fat little bitch, Wilkins says as he drops dirt on the hole. Hitting my fucking pumpkins ass, bitch. Wilkins increasingly loses his breath as he talks shit to the grave. Hey, dad, I'm hungry. Billy calls across the yard from the glass sliding door of the house. Wilkins lets out a large sigh. I told you, Billy, I'll be in to make you dinner in a little bit. Wilkins says as he shovels dirt. Billy looks annoyed and closes the door. 
Wilkins thinks about that time before all of this, before he became a principal. He didn't have a drive to kill then. He thinks about the love of his life and the one that got away. The loss of her made him take the first teaching job he could find. Scarlet, Wilkins says low to himself, you're why I hated my wife. As Wilkins continues to shovel, he lets his mind drift off to the first time he met Scarlet. How could he ever forget? They were at the party New Year's. He still remembers the first thing he said when he finally worked up the courage to talk to her. His mind drifts to Scarlet. So, I take it you don't know anybody here? Dad! Wilkins, his eyes burst open. I'm hungry! Go eat the fucking chocolate, Billy! Wilkins screams. I can't. Uncle John already got it, whined Billy. Mm, Wilkins speaks to himself. What's John doing here? Aye, what up, Chief? Says John. (laughs) (laughs) Wilkins turns to see John next to Billy, holding a handful of chocolate. He plops one into his mouth. Ah, shit. Wilkins drops the shovel. John, stop! Yeah, man, I was hungrier than a motherfucker, John says as he eats another piece. John! Missed lunch and shit, says John as he eats another piece. John! Wilkins says John begins to cough. The coughing becomes more intense. John slowly walks forward. Wilkins walks towards John. Wilkins picks up a pace as John stumbles towards him. John eats another piece. Wilkins gets to John and puts his arms out. John eats another piece. He drops the rest. John, Wilkins says as he's covered with John's bloody vomit. John falls forward into Wilkins' arms dead. Wilkins, annoyed, drops John. Billy looks. Shut the fuck up, Billy, Wilkins says as he grabs John by the feet and drags him to the hole. John dies by eating poison candy and not stopping after he's been poisoned. They didn't describe what kind of candy it was, but, you know, if it was something I really liked. What if it was like a Pringles commercial, once you pop, you can't right. stop kind of thing? Yeah, exactly. What about know? a Milky Way? Uh, Milky Three Musketeers. Way, very mediocre. Whoppers hurt your teeth, though, so I would, yeah. What about a Kit Kat? Kit Kat could do it. Butterfinger Twix. would definitely do it. Oh, Twix. Twix would definitely do it. They come in they twos. Come in an 18 pack. Yeah. I mean, you got to eat them as a pair. Guys, on the outside of our podcast, do we appear to be George Carlin's and Sam Kennison's? Apparently. Because, uh, every other word you're saying in these are fucksies and shit bags and well, dick whips. Okay, and- to be fair, and I, I go, I listen to every episode we do. I, I enjoy our podcast. That's, That's good. Um, and plus, I listen to them for quality control to make sure that, you know, John doesn't say anything too racist. And Mark Big doesn't problem. say anything too homophobic. Like that one it's time a, John went off on the Cubans? We don't talk about that time. Yeah. Seriously. Lost so, episode. Thank God that was edited <laughs> out. Um, <clears throat> but you do cuss a lot. Like every <laughs> other word is fucking or fuck with you sometimes. In these there episodes. you go. I it's guess pretty we captured. Like I listened to it. I was like, wow, we cuss a lot. We really do cuss a lot. So these entries I feel like might be very accurate as far as the <laughs> cursing goes. There we go. I don't think we call women bitches as much as some of these entries do, but... Yeah, I don't recall I ever having done part, that on the I think podcast. for the most part, we, we definitely do cuss quite a bit. No, we, we try to respect people yeah. here on this podcast. This is all-inclusive. Okay. Except for Mark. Shut the fuck up, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> now that we've done... Now let's get back to killing me. All right. <laughs> Number eight. You're really taking a beating today, John. Oh, whew, thank God. Uh, I'm used to it. <laughs> You're about out of your nine lives, though, so... Oh, good point. The Warren Valley streets were alive with festive energy. John was strolling through the neighborhood, enjoying the sights and sounds of Halloween. People wore all different kinds of costumes. Some were angels, princesses, some were even robots. And even one kid, robots? Even robots. I fucking love this story. And one kid was a scarecrow? John watched the mysterious little kid who seemed fixated on something. 
He followed the little kid's gaze and saw a couple walking down the sidewalk. The woman started taking off her bulky costume. Distracted by the couple, John didn't see where he was going and tripped, knocking down a whole line of jack-o'-lanterns in the process. The kid's head snapped towards John. Boop-a-doop-a-doop-a-doo. He, fl- <laughs> he flicked pumpkin pieces off of himself and looked up in time to see the kid glance down at his broken lollipop and back to John before stalking towards him. And that's how it ends. Wow. I Ooh. guess we got a headcanon how Sam takes you out. Probably uh, stabbing. By lollipop. Definitely. He sharpens his lollipop into a shiv. Just fucking Ooh. ganks me. I do like Lollipop, lollipop, lollipop. I do like that this writer gave the audience some room yeah. to build the death inside I their own lines. I respect that they recognize my clumliness. Clum- I can't even yeah, say it. <laughs> yeah, clum- clumsiness, clumsiness and uh, a word I can't even say. And uh, As he stumbles over the word. Yeah, <laughs> and know that, yes, I would, of course, be the one who fucking ruins all the pop or Pop-Tarts, all the pop pumpkins. <laughs> Jesus Christ, John. Do we need to take five? <laughs> You're not even reading all these. <laughs> I know. That's the thing. I'm not doing a lot of talking, so my tongue's just like, it's getting heavy. <laughs> My tongue getting heavy. I gotta talk regular. This shit gets heavy, bro. It's It's been weighing me down all day. It's a medical thing. I love how this thing has just descended into madness. I'm so happy about this episode. Oh, okay. Number uh, nine, right? Number nine. John was into his neighbor, but it wasn't his fault. There was just something about Emma. She had this all-American, corn-fed, Midwestern girl quality about her. And let's put it this way. John fucking loves corn. As he watched his neighbors... (laughs) That's great. Uh, One thing I know about John, he fucking loves corn. If you've listened to all the episodes of this podcast, you've heard me love corn. I don't know if you know this, but he's drinking a bottle of corn syrup straight right over here. (laughs) Like there's any other way to drink it. Did I say syrup? Syrup. How about that? Syrup's what the professionals call it. (laughs) That's true. As he watched his neighbors through his bedroom window, the only thought in John's mind, flashing like a neon strip club sign in the red light district, was she can do better than him. Emma's husband was a total jack-off. Literally. She deserved better. She deserved someone who would treat her right. She deserved John. On the walk to the kitchen, John gathered his courage. It's fine, he thought. I'm just popping over to drop off some cookies. Any neighbor would do that. It's not creepy. I'm not creepy. Shit. Am I creepy? He pushed these thoughts out of his head. He threw some turkey-shaped sugar cookies on a platter. He just happened to have them. He definitely did not make Thanksgiving-themed cookies specifically to bring to his pretty neighbor who hates Halloween on the off chance that he saw her come home that night because John, again, is totally not creepy. Her front yard was littered with Halloween decor. You'd never know she hated the holiday from the looks of it, but John knew. John knew because he cared and because he may have snuck into their house a few weeks ago to hide a well-placed baby monitor, but that's totally normal. He's not creepy. And then bam, right there, surrounded by white sheets was Emma, cleaning up the literal graveyard on her lawn. John took a deep breath, then walked forward with purpose, just like his mama taught him. He was almost there when he saw it, a shadowy figure lurking behind a sheet. There was no way it could be her husband, with his big ugly face and his big ugly muscles and his big ugly six-figure job. Man, fuck that guy. He didn't even have a funny bone in his body. Something was very wrong. Very wrong. Wronger than the mitochondria. Oh, God. Oh, we're getting cellular here. <laughs> <laughs> powerhouse <laughs> of the cell. Yeah. Wronger than the mitochondria not being the powerhouse of the cell. Damn. Bam. That is awesome. In, in his state of panic, John dropped the plate of cookies. 
With each bounding step forward, all he could think was, those took five hours to make. With one final leap, John reached Emma, coming between her and the big-ass knife heading straight for her heart. He took it like a champ. The knife ran deep into his chest, cutting straight through his bony-ass body. But he did it. He saved Emma, or so he thought. The stab was so forceful it knocked him over. He fell back onto Emma, the bit of the knife that poked out of his back, stabbing her straight through her little Midwestern heart. Together they formed a shish kebab of unrequited love. That's the name of my next album. (laughs) Shish kebab of unrequited love. That's a good album. As John lay there bleeding out on top of his lady love, he couldn't help but take a moment to inhale her signature scent, Victoria's Secret Pink, mixed with blood. So hot. It filled him with hope. If these were his last moments, he might as well make them count. Emma, he labored out. Yeah, I always loved you. He paused with bated breath. Surely, surely the universe wouldn't let his last moments on earth be filled with pain. Well, emotional pain. Getting stabbed hurts like a mofo. Emma sighed, the weight of John on her making breathing a difficult task. This was not what John pictured when he thought of being on top. (laughs) You're really creepy, John. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) I hope it ends right there because that's the perfect place to end. John's shoulders hung low as he trudged towards the white light. (laughs) One last blow to the nuts in his sorry piece of shit life. What's new? With a final exhale, John's soul left his body to fly away to that big friend zone in the sky. <laughs> At least he died before she ordered a restraining order on him. Epilogue. There is an oh epilogue. <laughs> okay, author. Seriously, this is amazing, but yeah. Epilogues are for second entries. Okay, epilogue. The sad thing is, Emma probably could have made it. The cut wasn't all too deep on her, but with John weighing her down, there was no hope. She didn't have enough strength to remove his carcass from her chest, so she bled out. She died with John on her heart. When Henry walked out to check on Emma, the thing that horrified him most wasn't her mutilated carcass, it was what lied below. From the markings on the body, he knew what happened. He knew the final pointless sacrifice John had made. As he doused John's cold, dead body in lighter fluid, Henry mourned. He lit a match and with a final goodbye, set the body aflame. God rest John. He was twice the man I could ever hope to be. Aww. And that's the end of it. Okay. That was a good-ass entry. That was long, but that was a yeah. good-ass entry. Now, I, my only question for the author is, why did it take me five hours to make cookies? Because you're bad at things. Apparently, you know what? Maybe that's you true. Burn the first. Maybe four that batch. was like your fourth <laughs> batch. Yeah. yeah. All right. That's actually yeah. Okay. Okay. That was pretty awesome. John apparently was creepy. <laughs> yeah. I think I would like to like do my own fan fiction on this and think that Henry had a thing for John. That's oh. What I think. And they could have had like a like little like love triangle thing going on. If only Very I would have known. Would have baked twice as many cookies, but it would take me. <laughs> It taking me 10 hours, but <laughs> you're really bad at baking. Dude. Yeah. All right. Let's round this list out with our 10th entry. Here we go. It's Halloween night and John is handing out candy. One at a time, you animals, he exclaims as eager children grab handfuls from his bowl. Every year it gets worse. And where are the parents? He sighed to himself. Deciding he had enough for the night, he fills the bowl with the last of his candy, sets the bowl out on the porch with the classic take one sign, and turns out the lights pretending to not be home. That's a lot of trust that should not be put in kids. Truth. At some point, your patience run out before the candy does. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's a classic move, but kids ain't going to... Well, they probably can't the read. Let's have be- you... Uh, derail this. Have you guys ever just dumped the bowl in your bag? 
No, I've taken I handfuls. I've, I've taken I've taken multiples, but I've never dumped the whole bowl. My parents instilled morals in me, <laughs> so I abide by the rules. So you, you're a take one kid, huh? Until I hit my fifties greasers phase. <laughs> <laughs> As he turns off the front lights, he sees someone on the porch look at the bowl and turn away, thinking nothing of what he assumes is an ungrateful child that is deemed as candy not worth it. He goes to the kitchen to see his back door open. He could have sworn he locked it earlier. As he goes to close and lock the door, Sam sneaks around the corner with a knife and the bowl of candy and slices John's ankles, taking him down. As John tries to drag himself away, Sam leaps on top of him to force feed John his lazy offering of Halloween candy, choking him. John's final thought is, I can't believe the gross Halloween taffy got me. John is dead. <laughs> oh, death by <laughs> shitty taffy. Oh. All right. Wow. And that rounds out our entries, gentlemen. That's Ooh. our 10. What a realistic entry that last one was. Yeah? yeah. I really like that one. It was short, sweet. It involved that taffy that you hate so much. Oh, that fucking taffy. <laughs> that one, yeah. I'd rather die by lollipop than by taffy. As a reminder, you can go to our Instagram. We've got a picture of said taffy. We've mentioned it on our Candyman episode. Yes. If you really want to relive disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's deliberate. Let's. Up first, we've got most accurate portrayal of John. This will be a vote. All right. We'll all decide this one as a group. Um, so just to remind you, our entries were Death by Green Apple Lollipop on the Bus. From Bobo Brian Cranston. Bobo Brian Cranston. Uh, Death House Vision Warping in his goblin costume. Right. His Cheddar two. Goblin costume. There was that, spinning in that one. Yeah. That basically you got kidnapped off the doorstep. That's right. Number three, John the Omen Child, Death by Bus. Basically mm. making fun of a grown man's dick. <laughs> uh, number four was Orange Jumpsuit, Death by Bus. Jogging. I remember jogging. that one. Yeah, you yeah. were jogging and got hit by a bus. <laughs> number five. Mile. <laughs> number five, Poison Cookie at the Principal's Office. Uh-huh. Poison cookie at the principal's office. I got no catchy name for that one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Number six was a fivesome with the werewolves. Oh, yeah. Werewolves. Can we can we read that one again? Sure. But slower. <laughs> <laughs> fivesome with the werewolf women. John gets eaten. Number seven, death by poison chocolate in the backyard. That's the the angry one where uh, with the kid, right? Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. Billy, Billy, and Mister Wilkins. That's the team. Well, you couldn't stop eating your death. That's you know right. that sometimes you get some Twix in there. Number eight knocks over jack o' lanterns and then death by the trick or treat demon mm. Sam. Yeah, Ooh, yeah. Good the, the real death. the vague yeah. one. Number nine, uh, John not creepy, uh, <laughs> heroic cookie, stabbing. Yeah, yeah. C- cookie delivery gone wrong, but shish kebab of unrequited love, aka the secret love between Henry and John. Yeah. <laughs> And number ten, uh, death by snooze man. Gro- yeah, no, <laughs> death by gross peanut butter taffy. Ugh. Halloween black and orange taffy. There's some great entries here. Yes, let's take a minute. Yes, round of applause for everyone that submitted. Thank you. That is fantastic. Um, we learned a lot that you guys know how to cuss. <laughs> uh, that you have weird fantasies about werewolves. I get it. That everyone out there clearly hates that taffy. Man, it's been a good day. <laughs> Yeah, pretty good. All right. Well, which one do you think most accurately portrays John? I'll go last so I don't uh, skew any results. Hmm. I'm going to say knocking over the jack-o'-lanterns due to your clumsiness. 
Based on what you've told us in this podcast, you're a fairly clumsy individual. It's unfortunate. I've never known you to talk shit to authority directly. Yeah. I mean, indirectly, yes. Well, but um, so I seen think... the fuck the police shirt he's wearing under his hoodie right now. <laughs> so I zipped up. <laughs> I'm gonna say it's either the taffy. Or the knocking over the pumpkins is the most accurate for your death. Oh, man. Those are the two I was thinking as well. I mean, kids and handing out candy sounds miserable. But realistically, yes, I probably would trip on some pumpkins and uh, embarrass myself and then apparently get killed by a demon. So that's the one I would think uh, would maybe because it has the least of personality description. Clumsy. All right. That's one trait. I could land on that. So that's probably the one I'm going with. Okay. We've locked in knocking over jack-o'-lanterns and death by Sam. Is that correct? That sounds... Okay. Moving on to the next one. Congratulations to whoever that entry was. We'll, we'll name you out here in a second uh, once we get through the categories. Uh, most creative kill is our next one. Most creative kill. Hmm. Ooh. I got to be honest here. The uh, shish kebab of unrequited love was so well thought out. <laughs> I feel like the kill wasn't that spectacular. True. It was more the everything that led up to it. I mean, without that that backstory and that lead up, it would have been extremely just kind of like, oh, that happened. But it was so great to have that. I'm gonna go with the the sour sour apple lollipop oh, down that's the That's the throat. one I was thinking, yeah. Because that's like, I mean, a grown man is be like, take this fucking lollipop. And you're just like, <laughs> yo, that's messed up. By Brian Cranston slash Cox. Yeah, I was thinking lollipop as well because I think I've ever heard of anyone uh, getting a lollipop jammed down their throat to their death. Okay, well that's two well, not to their votes. death, but some people pay good money for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, as long as you don't die, right? Uh, okay, so that's two votes for green apple. That one wins the category of most creative kill. It's convenient. There's three of us. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Which one do you think would substitute for Mark dies first? Ah. Oh, good. Mark dies first. You know, I'm thinking werewolves. Um, I've uh, met Mark. I don't know if he has that kind of that kind of play to get into a situation where he's going to have a fivesome with werewolves, but maybe that's true. I would have to stumble into a proposition like that very <laughs> we just miraculously. Get caught up, you know, <laughs> or the handing out of the candy. I could see you having some Resident Evil on the TV. That you're trying to get back to. Has Mark been drinking at all? Well, there's no mention of Mark is buzzed. The story. If Mark is buzzed, it's definitely him eating that candy and not stopping, even though he's getting like killed by it. Oh, but if it's sober, Mark, I feel like it's the cookie in the principal's office. If I'm handing out candy, I'm probably drinking. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, I can't yeah, see I Mark being so cup. lippy though. <laughs> a little solo. This me, son of a bitch. I'm in a greaser's black leather jacket. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At the principal. <laughs> Sit on a potsy. Hey. <laughs> Uh, I, you guys are probably right. I'd probably eat myself to death with poison right. chocolate. Yeah. Okay. That takes it from me. Because I can see you walking into like a crazy situation and be like, what's going on here? And just start popping it in your mouth and be like, oh, fuck it. I'm into this. Dude, if I see like, chocolate, I'm committed to this situation. Eat first. Ask questions later. And it's a fair. That's how I live my life. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That was locked in from my death. All right. Garrett dies first. Oh, no. Whew. Now, this one is where he's yelling at the principal. I'm thinking that one, too. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's going to... He's the one that's going to try to do the fivesome, I think, with the werewolf. I would fuck five werewolves. But I can see... I can... That's going to come back and haunt me right there. (laughs) Post-transformation? Yeah. 
The only problem is with that one is like you lose your dick before you die. Right off the gate. Yeah. Like, that's got to suck. Like, I mean, just like to like, that's your last thought of like, oh. Well, there yo. goes that. Yeah. I probably think, well, at least I'm dying now. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, honestly, if you, if you get your dick bit off, you don't have much chance there. Kill me now. Yeah. Just end it. <laughs> well. I'm leaning toward the cookie, man. I can see him not uh, not respecting a principal. I never went to the principal's office in high school, though. Really? No, I was actually like, we were pretty good. Oh, we'd talk a lot of shit. Yeah, yeah. But like, we didn't really like. We kind of had that mutual respect for the administrators of like, they hate being here, <laughs> we hate being here. Let's not make each other's lives difficult. I'm going with where, Werewolf Fivesome. If right. you want to go with that one, we can have Garrett tiebreak it. Um, knowing that he was a, a good high school student, I guess Werewolf Fivesome it is. Okay. Should have ate that jerky, bro. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I would not kick a woman out of bed for jerky, bro. Maybe it would have repelled him <laughs> if he ate the jerky, though. All right. Well, this is y'all gonna... see me, right? This has never happened. <laughs> okay. Well, this brings us to the last three, where we all individually pick our winner. It's a tough one, man. Um, if I was to kind of debate down which two I thought were the best, I'm probably looking at our uh, last two entries. To be honest with you, the um, the very eloquent, creepy John getting shish kebabbed, or John's death by peanut butter taffy. <sighs> That's yours. Yeah, I'm trying to decide between those two. Well, you think on it. I would definitely, even though I was not a huge fan of the initial shock of the length of the entry, uh, the creepy John, who with best intentions, basically incel John, um, <laughs> that was a great entry. And I love the the epilogue. That really was a nice little like bow on top of that one. But I really also like the one where... Um, it's vague, like where you knock over the pumpkins and Sam and you break Sam's Zollipop and he just starts like creeping on you because that's just so like, you know what's going to happen, but you don't know how right, it's right. going to happen. Like the brain gets to fill in like all the creepy shit that that little, yeah. that little sackhead dude's going to do to you. And who knows? We never saw what he does. So he may have some crazy stuff going on. Does make for an interesting horror movie if it doesn't show you unless you put it together in your mind. Could, so Those yeah. are my two. So I'm going to think about those. Okay, I'm I'm gonna have to pick Death by Taffy. Wow. Ooh. Okay. Yeah, that's gonna be my choice. I'm gonna go with John's Unrequited Love. All okay. Right. Oh, this is the this is a tough one. There's nine good stories. I'll let you decide which ones I didn't like. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. All ten were really great. <laughs> um, you know who you are. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I don't even know who that would be. They all no, were pretty. They good. were really good. I think the one I'm going to pick is not a surprise, though, because I think everyone mentioned it, and it will be my unrequited love, John Kebab. Um, okay. So the shish kebab one is yes, your pick. Yes, I think it was a really well-written story, you know, and um, it told a tale, a weird tale, but a tale, and uh, and I was with it, man. It didn't feel as long as, like, when Garrett was talking it up. I was like, keep going. Well, on uh, paper, <laughs> it looks really long, and as I started reading it, like, if... I, and to be fair, credit yeah. to this uh, this author, the entry, that was actually written very well. Yeah, it it flowed. flowed very well. Like I, I saw it, I was like, oh, I'm going to get so tongue-tied in this. <laughs> but um, no, good job. Well, that's a, that's a testament to good writing. Yes. If it's long and descriptive, that you enjoy your time with it as you go along reading it, great job. And that one is by Katie. Katie. No. <laughs> Katie. Yes, that is correct. So, Katie. Congratulations, you Katie. You did it. You killed John first. Woohoo. In the creepiest way possible. 
<laughs> and you won yourself a small little prize package and a trophy of sorts. Yeah, I don't know if we mentioned that or not, but we have a little um, we have a, like, a little like plaque trophy for you, which will commemorate your achievement in killing John. Uh, we'll post pictures of it on the uh, the Instagram before this or as this episode comes out. Mm-hmm. You also get a little prize pack with a print that Mark had scribbled himself. And you'll get a couple of shitty stickers that I scribbled myself of Jason and Freddy. Uh, Mark's print is of the uh, Puppet Master puppets. Actually, it's a bunch of puppets. Yeah, it was uh, from our Puppet Master episode. Oh, yeah, the image from that. Real notes from the episode. Frame that. You're going to get some of our notes that we hand scribbled in (laughs) Alamo Drafthouse as we watch some of the live movies. So, yeah, you'll get your little prize package. Uh, We will be reaching out to you if we have not already done so by the time this episode comes out. And yes, but congratulations to everybody who entered because those were some great entries. Um, I've enjoyed the John Dies First segment. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it goes on a little bit long for me, but for the most part, it's it's amazing to hear different people's like, you know, ideas and creativity kind of come through, especially in an idea so stupid. I mean, (laughs) that in a nice way, but like it's so simplistic to see how people have like built this up into this whole thing. Like we had entries that talk about John, like they knew him personally. (laughs) Um, It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. Well, before we wrap it up, I want to give out the names of the people that won our uh, other categories. Yes. So for the most accurate portrayal of John, that was the knock over the jack-o'-lanterns, death by demon Sam. That was from Yasmin. We've had uh, most creative kill, death by green apple, lollipop on the bus. That was from Alejandro. Uh, Death by Poison Chocolate Mark Dies First was done by Jeffrey. Congratulations, Jeffrey! You saw my gluttony for chocolate. Uh, Garrett Dies First. That was done. uh, The Fivesome Werewolf. uh, That was done by Peyton. Hey, Peyton, we need to talk. (laughs) Or a hug. Ask for a hug. We'll give you one. Uh, Garrett's pick for the winner, which was... Yeah, we already announced that one. Katie. Yeah, we we already announced the grand winner. But they're different categories. Your pick, my pick, John's pick. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So, yeah. So, Katie got two awards on that. She got okay. a shout out and the, the, the big winner there. Okay. Uh, then my pick for the winner, that was our old buddy of the podcast, Kim. Okay. Well, that's going to wrap this up, guys. I had fun with this one. Listeners, it's been a blast yes. um, seeing what you guys have written up. So, thank you again. That being said, if you guys have any ideas for future segments you would like to see us do, like a John Dice First type thing or a grave mistake, um, send them to us. Uh, you can send them via Twitter. The website has a contact information on there. Also, check out the website. We've done some updates on there. Mm-hmm. Um, www.thegravetalk.com. If you got any ideas for future segments, uh, we're happy to hear them and weigh them out, and we'll go from there. I hope Katie adapts her short story into a 90-minute movie. You know, it could be. It's, Would you uh, sign off on that? Oh, like for my likeness? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Why not? Well, John, anything you'd like to say? Okay. No. Anything else? C- congrats to everybody, man. Thank you for writing these stories. Like, you know, we've been harping on. It's been tremendous to listen to them. It's extra great for me because I don't even have to read them. I just get to sit here and listen. So longer stories are fine. You just get to lay there and let it happen. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like watching those two idiots across the table stumble over words all over an hour. Uh, no, it has been great. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for joining us and we'll see you next time. There's not much good. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> We're trained professionals. That's it. I think this would be our first podcast. Mm-hmm. There's not much good that comes out of Ohio.
I said that wrong. Fuck. <laughs> Come out strong with the Ohio <laughs> hate. Though. I love it. I know, but I have some. I, I inverted his words. <laughs> There's not much good that goes on in Ohio. That's not a hateful. <laughs> <laughs> That's a weird start. I'm sorry. <laughs> 